This morning, before you're seated, I want to read from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 9 through 12. Exodus chapter 14, starting with verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth, before Baal-Zephon, I said those right. Try to act confident. <laughs> and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? saying, Let us alone, or leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Today I want to speak on the subject, Don't Forget the Chains. Don't Forget the Chains. You may be seated, church. Now after the incredible events of the Passover, when the angel of the Lord had brought miraculous deliverance to the Hebrews in Egypt, on that morning when all of Egypt was in despair because of the judgment of God that had come upon them, the people of God would march out of Egypt under God's direction. Uh, they marched away from their bondage, away from the chains that had held them bound for so many years. What a wonderful atmosphere it, it must have been, church, as those who had been slaves their entire lives, all those who had experienced uh, slavery their entire lives and never truly tasted the uh, taste of freedom in their entire lives, finally, in those moments of liberation, were free. Finally, they had walked out of Egypt. Finally, the sting of the whip was left behind and the furious demands of the angry guards were abandoned, and finally the relentless labor of centuries of slavery faded into the horizon. Oh, how they must have been excited, how they must have been happy, and uh, began to rejoice in those moments of their liberation. Finally, we are free. Finally, we are no longer slaves to the Egyptians. No longer are we under bondage. No longer are we in these chains. No longer are we uh, subject to the enemy's commands. We are free. And to further solidify the impact of that moment of, of liberation, a visible manifestation of God would settle over them. A giant cloud by day that protected them from the heat of the sun and served as their guide on this wilderness journey. The story of the Hebrews finding liberation from Egypt, also known as the Exodus, is symbolic of a lost person who was enslaved in darkness and sin, but finds freedom by the miraculous deliverance of our God. It is symbolic of a person who once was a slave to the spirits of this world and the sins of their flesh, but finds breakthrough and liberation by the mighty power of our God. 
And so here they were, finally free from Egypt, finally free from all the chains that had held them bound. And, and God began to lead this group of people. God began to guide them. And when night fell on that first day, the pillar of cloud would turn into a pillar of fire. And the whole encampment of the Hebrews felt the warmth of God's presence in the cool of the desert night. And so he who had brought them out, he who had set them free from Egypt was present with them, leading them, guiding them, and ultimately, church, watching over them. For three days, this is how it was. God was with them. Egypt was, was left behind. The presence of the Lord was ever before them. Freedom was all around them. And the people of God were on the move towards the promises of the Lord. Finally, we are free. But on that third day, as they would draw near to the Red Sea, the Lord would turn to Moses and tell him, let's encamp at this place called Pi-Hahiroth, which in the Hebrew means a place of liberty. It was there, as they were encamped at a place called freedom, that their enemy had finally caught up with them. And all of a sudden, as they are encamping in this place that the Lord told them to stop at, a dust cloud on the horizon announces the approach of Pharaoh's army and the horses and the chariots become visible and the Hebrews quickly realize we are now caught between the Red Sea and a vast army. How ironic it was that it was in a place called freedom. The enemy that once ruled them sought to assert dominion over them again. This morning, as I think of the liberation of God's people and the deliverance of God's people, I'm so thankful, church, that we serve a God who delivers. I'm so thankful for the delivering power of our God that will lift a person. It doesn't matter who they are. They will, he will lift a person out of sin and, and darkness and drugs and alcohol and confusion. It doesn't matter what that person has done. It doesn't matter where that person is from. It doesn't matter what, you know, they're caught up in or what their past is. It doesn't even matter, church, what society may think of them. If they want to be free, God is willing to set them free. If they want to be delivered, God will deliver them. You know, God is not this respecter of persons, but he will simply deliver whoever desires to be delivered. That's the God he is. We serve a delivering God ready to deliver anybody, ready to set anybody free from addiction or whatever it is. And I'm so thankful that we serve that kind of God. I'm so thankful that he allows us, the church, God's people, to encamp at a place called freedom where there's no more chains, no more guilt, no more darkness, but now there's hope and there's peace and there's joy and there's freedom in his presence. What an awesome God we serve. But how dangerous this place called freedom can be. Because it is in this place, this place called freedom, that the enemy will show up and pursue us and 
try to inflict us and test us and tempt us with his ultimate goal being to bring us back under his dominion and authority to drag us back to Egypt. It must have been a shock to God's people that after three days of God's awesome deliverance, they find Pharaoh and his army still pursuing them. But church, may it not be a shock to us that, well, we have a bitter enemy who once controlled us and hates that we have found a place called freedom and he has no other desire in all of the world to control us again and to make war against our soul day after day. It is in this place called freedom that the enemy will come and temptation will strike at a moment of weakness and Feelings of fear and abandonment seek to wreak havoc in our mind and our faith is tried and our newfound liberty is challenged because his ultimate goal is to again drag us back to Egypt. The enemy doesn't fight fair. He shows no mercy. He will wait until your back is against the wall. He will wait until you are entangled in the cares of life. He will wait until you are at a low place and you're weary and tired. That's when temptation will come. That's when your faith will be challenged. That's when he will try to lead us back into the chains of bondage. When something doesn't go our way. When people aren't fair. When life isn't fair. When life hurts. When prayers seem to go unanswered sometimes. When we're just feeling discouraged, when we feel all alone, when things just don't make sense, when we feel frustrated, there he will be. The enemy of our soul on the sidelines of life saying, go ahead, child, throw in the towel. Life is tough. You might as well walk away. It's unfair. Give up. Quit trying. The church doesn't care about you. God doesn't care about you. Your friends don't care about you. Nobody cares about you. You might as well come back to Egypt. You might as well turn back to Egypt. You might as well turn back to the, the drink. You might as well let up on, on some morals. You might as well find some quick relief. That's the voice of the enemy pulling you back to Egypt. Church saying that it's easier in Egypt. It's better in Egypt. It's less chaotic in Egypt. Hey, we'll accept you in Egypt. We've got a place for you in Egypt. There's peace in Egypt. You have friends in Egypt. You know some people in Egypt. We miss you in Egypt. We love you in Egypt. Come back to Egypt. Make no mistake about it, the exodus was all about leaving those chains behind. And Pharaoh's dramatic appearance was all about bringing those chains back. This is the ultimate battle for our soul. The Lord delivers us. He allows us to live and encamp in this place called freedom. But our enemy always comes back in an effort to try to drag us back to Egypt. They should have just trusted the Lord, right? They should have risen to the occasion and said, it was the Lord who delivered me out of Egypt. 
It was the Lord who broke those chains. It was the Lord who set us free. And it will be the Lord who protects me. It will be the Lord who who fights for me and, and gives me the victory. You would think that they would be full of faith. After all that they had seen and after all that they had witnessed, after 10 miraculous plagues, after God would make a way when there was no way, after uh, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, you would think that, well, they would simply believe from this point on, God would take care of us. But that's not what happened. Instead, they forgot. It was like this sudden case of spiritual amnesia. All of a sudden, they completely forgot what had just happened. All of a sudden, they had just forgot what they were just celebrating. They forgot the mighty hand of God. They forgot that, well, they didn't get there on their own, but it was the very presence of God that had led them out of Egypt and brought them to this place of freedom. They forgot how easy it is to forget the greatness and the power and the mighty hand and the faithfulness of our God when we are surrounded by a crisis. I suppose it is easy to sit here this morning and read the scriptures and pass judgment on them because they forgot the goodness of God in the moment of their trial. But we do the same thing. How many times, church, have have we allowed a trial of our faith to completely consume us and cause us to be preoccupied with worry and doubt all because we fail to remember this. He's never let me down before. He's never failed to show up before. He's never failed to deliver before. He's never failed to make a way when there was no way before. When we should remember, church, the greatness and the power and the mighty hand and and the faithfulness of our God, instead we get bogged down in the crisis of a moment and we allow our faith to be diminished. We completely forget the delivering hand of our God. We forget what he's done before, how powerful he is, how faithful he is, how mighty he is, how much he cares, how good he is, how easy he is to call upon. Let me remind you something about God today that, well, you already know. He doesn't change. He is still the same, the Bible says, yesterday, today, and forever He remains the same in what he has done before. He will do again. If ever he healed, he is still a healer. If ever he delivered, he is still a deliverer. If ever he made a way when there seemed to be no way, he will do it again because what is that song that we sing, church? He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a prayer answer. That's who he is. We must remember. We must remember. We must remember what God has already done because he will do it again. We must remember. Memory is this incredible thing that can help us in so many ways. We have the capacity to remember what we've seen, what we've experienced, what we've learned. Our memory provides the, exp- the experience that guides us in unfamiliar territories. That's why diseases that 
target our memory are such a terrible thing. One of the worst diseases that plagues humanity is this thing called Alzheimer's disease. It just robs a person of their memory. You know, the disease transforms the brain, destroys the ability to store memories. It's a terrible disease. Memory loss is a crippling thing in a spiritual sense as well. What happened on the banks of the Red Sea was a tragic illustration of the, of the way that Satan will attack a child of God. The moment their faith is challenged, what do they do? They suffer memory loss. They forget. They forgot how bad life really was in Egypt. They forgot the heartache and pain. They forgot the sting of the whip and and the heat of the sun. They forgot the horrors of, of slavery and the terror of bondage. They forgot the chains. They said to Moses, have you just taken us into this wilderness to die? It would have been better to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness All of a sudden, when their faith is is challenged and tried, they begin to reminisce, if you will, about the good old days back in Egypt. They forget about the slave masters in Egypt. They forget about the forced labor in Egypt. They forget about the misery and the pain and the hot days of working in another one's field. They forgot the chains of Egypt. In ancient Greece, there were these professionals who were trained in the art of persuasion. It was their job to make something that wasn't good look good by presenting a false argument. It was their job to make the worst choice appear to be the best choice. That's the way the devil works. He specializes, church, in glamorizing the bondage making the chains appear to be freedom and the temporary pleasures of life that will make me may make me happy for a moment or so appear to be lasting joy he waits to offer this once we've been weak and weary tired and distracted it's in that place of weakness church that old addictions begin to raise their head again it's in that place of weakness where former, our former life begins to seem good again. It's in that place of weakness where old friends and old habits and old addictions begin to come back into our life. But it's in these moments, church, it's in these times when we must remember the chains. We must not forget the chains. Don't forget the chains, church. Don't forget the sting of the bondage that once held you captive in the world. Don't forget the heartache and personal pain that once brought you to an altar. Don't forget the reason for the tears that that you cried one day when God's mighty hand set you free. Don't you forget the chains. When they said it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians, they forgot what it was really like in Egypt. They forgot that it was their cry of of desperation in Egypt that got God to intervene. They forgot the sorrow and the beatings and the pain. They forgot the chains. We have an enemy of our soul whose one desire, church, I'm almost done. 
We have an enemy of our soul whose one desire is to put us back into the bondage that God once set us free from. And he knows that he can do it if we would just forget the chains. To forget what it was really like to have no hope in the morning, have no hope at work, and go to sleep with no hope at night. To forget what it was like to have this ever-present guilt of our sins and failures upon our life. To forget what it was like to have to run to the world's drugs and alcohol and quick fixes, only to hide and not have to face our brokenness. To forget what it was like to be a slave to the wickedness of the world. To forget what it was like to have to live every single day with the same addictions and the same old chains all wrapped around us. It happens when we're so overwhelmed by a present circumstance. The devil comes and speaks and says, run back to Egypt. Here's an invitation. Come back to Egypt. We miss you in Egypt. We love you in Egypt. You have friends in Egypt. We will take care of you in Egypt. We have a brand new set of chains for you in Egypt. Come back. Come back to Egypt. When we have ever thought of giving up or throwing in the towel, we can know for certain church it was the enemy of our soul deceiving us and fitting us and measuring us for a fresh set of new chains. I want to leave this with you today. Whatever you do, whatever you do, maybe you've become hurt. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe something's happened in your life that you don't know what to do. Maybe you just, you just seem lost, frustrated, anxious. Whatever you do, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. But remember the chains. When the cares of life overwhelm you and they leave you weak and they leave you tired and, and they leave you weary and, and when depression tries to rear its ugly head at you and suck all the joy out of your life, when you're at the lowest of lows and all seems lost and nothing, just nothing seems to be going right, don't you run back to Egypt, but remember the chains. Don't forget the chains. Don't forget the chains. Don't forget the chains, church, because the trial will pass. The crisis will soon be forgotten. Every bad situation will be worked out. Victory will come, and the Lord will not abandon. Let's all stand this morning. This was a message for the church. Egypt, or a place called freedom, what shall it be? Egypt, or a place called freedom. Every day we are choosing Egypt, or a place called freedom. As we remember the chains of our past, may we not just consider how bad and rough and terrible they were. May we not just remember the heartache and the pain and the sorrow and the, the despair. But as we remember the chains of our past, may we also remember the mighty power of our God. The power of our God that broke those chains.
the mighty power of our God that set us free. The power of God that brought us out. Because listen to this, church. Listen to this person watching online. If he was ever powerful before, he will be powerful again. For the Bible says he does not change. He is the same. He remains the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. If ever he was able, he is able today. If ever he has helped, he will help today. If ever he has transformed, he will transform today. If ever he has healed, my faith says he will heal today. If ever he has delivered, I have to believe he will deliver today. He's that same mighty, powerful God. And so it is up to me to choose Egypt or a place called freedom. With my hands lifted, surrendering, that's freedom. That's freedom, church. What shall it be? Shall it be Egypt? Or shall it be a place <laughs> called freedom? Do you need deliverance today? Do you need peace, joy, hope, healing? The same God is here today. Mm. It's that God that heals, that God that sets free, that God that one day heard the cry of the Israelites in their bondage and chains and slavery. And he took it upon himself to make his way down to Egypt and set them free. Mm. He's always willing to make his way down to Egypt to set you free. So what shall it be, church? Egypt or a place called freedom? Egypt or a place called freedom? <laughs>